Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast. We are thrilled to have you with us here this week. I am your host, co-host, Maria Casillas, and I'm, of course, joined here by our other co-host, Cody Sizemore. Good morning, Cody. Good morning. How are you doing? Actually, it might not even be morning where you are anymore. I can never keep track of the time zones and all of that, but happy day to you. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today, and that is group and individual coaching. But before we get into that, I just want to remind all of our listeners that we really appreciate you and the fact that you're tuning in, you're binging, we're watching that happen, you're starting to give us reviews and ratings, and we're really, really appreciative of that. And we just want to remind you that that if you can continue, can, 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 oh my goodness, if you can continue to Either. do that, we would greatly appreciate it <laughs> uh, because it, it definitely helps the algorithms um, bring this into the lives of more and more coaches. So Cody, let's talk a little bit about coaching in general. Uh, this is a trend I kind of see happening these days in the coaching arena where you know, people will start out as an individual coach because it's kind of like low hanging fruit. You don't have to do a whole lot of preparation sometimes when it comes to being able to help somebody on an individual level. It's a little bit more comfortable for some people uh, because, you know, it's like it's there's a little bit less pressure, I think, when there's just one person watching you rather than five, 10, 25 people watching you. Uh, and so this is where I think a lot of our coaches start out. But I am seeing a trend where people are saying, you know what, man, I've got 25 people who are wanting my time and doing that one hour, even if you're, ma- if you're meeting maybe one hour a month, it's like that's 25 hours a month of literal need-to-need time I don't want to say time suck, but I mean, it's, it's kind of like it sucks up your time. And so they're going, how do we actually scale this a little bit? And I think a lot of people are, are kind of trending towards doing group. And so I just wanted to talk with you a little bit about that today and kind of get your take and see what you think. Yeah. Well, what you just described is literally where I'm at, at this very moment. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I started off with, with one-on-one still doing one-on-one. Um, and that was fine. Like I, I really enjoy one-on-one quite a bit. You know, you, you're able to like really dig in very deep with one-on-one. Uh, and you know, you give, you give like a, a, an individual or a spouse, like your full attention for that entire hour. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty valuable for them and for the coach too. Uh, but I will say that as my practice have, has grown over these last 12 months or so, um, I have been very, very strapped for time. Uh, it's starting to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I can't keep growing this business by doing one-on-one. Uh, mm. I could keep doing this, but you know, I am pretty like tapped out and I feel like I would be tapped out one with my time, mm-hmm. uh, two with my energy and also three with just financially with like growing the business. 
Um, and I want to actually have all three of those improve. And I want to have more time so I can spend more time with my family. I want to have more energy so that when I show up to these calls, I'm not showing up 80%, but instead 100%. And I want to generate more revenue for for the business so that I can take care of my family more. Um, And I was like, okay, well, how am I going to do that? And that's where the thought of making the transition to group coaching uh, came into came into play, and that's something that I'm currently in the process of making the transition into. Okay, so when you say making the transition, I'm I'm curious to know: Are you transitioning fully into group coaching? I mean, I know you said you still have some individual clients, and obviously you're going to continue to serve them. But I'm curious to know if you intend to switch entirely over, or do you intend to kind of keep a hybrid? Yeah, great question. Um, I think at first it'll be a hybrid, uh, just to, you know, have a little bit more of like a, like that solid foundation of like what I know works, what I'm very, very comfortable with, uh, and something that does, you know, drive those results Mm -hmm. while I get comfortable with running a group, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't want to just like completely cut off one-on-one and go right into group because I've never really done that before. Like I did it one time and it was kind of like a, it was almost like a beta group kind of thing. Like it was a smaller group. Um, and you know, it was for, it wasn't like my, my ideal setup. It was just like a way for me to kind of dip my toes in. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a good experience with that, but I think that in time, the intention would be to switch over to group wholly. Um, okay. You know, I wouldn't cut anyone off that's currently a one a one on one client, and I, it's not to say that I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be totally opposed to it if someone really really needed it. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think that you know, looking into twenty twenty three and definitely twenty twenty four, that I would be primarily group, probably like ninety to ninety five percent group. Okay, that's really incredible. So uh, I'm just curious then when you when you started out as a primarily individual coach, is it because of all the reasons that I kind of stated at the beginning? Or was there something different and deeper there for you? It definitely was. Um, You know, like you mentioned, it was the low hanging fruit. Uh, you know, not like a ton of like, well, I need to get this program set up with these modules and this and that, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get started. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely the low hanging fruit. Um, but I also kind of had this assumption and this is something that I've been battling with over the last couple of months. Um, and I've been slowly, but surely making peace with this, with this thought that with this area in life being finances, as we know, it's a very personal and sensitive topic. And I was like, how would that be achievable in a group setting? Would people even want to be a part of that? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of why I did my first like beta group was to kind of see if people were okay with that. And they were, Uh, which was actually a little bit surprising to me, but I'm glad that they were. So that was another reason as to why I started off with, uh, with one-on-one is that I thought, Hey, like if we create an environment that, you know, doesn't, doesn't invite any sort of like, um, embarrassment or judgment or anything like that, 
that that would be the most sensible thing to do. Uh, but I have, I've recently come to learn and realize that actually by doing the group, it actually combats those feelings quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And can you explain a little bit about why? Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, one thing that is really important about community is that people like to know that they're not alone. You not know, like, just not alone. Cause I, I hear that a lot and I just, I know I have a feeling I know what you mean, but I would do want to change the way we talk about that just a little bit, because the idea of not being alone, it's, it's like, we need that community to help. Right. I think also though, they need to know they're not the only ones. And right. that's different than not right. alone, but I think that that's right. kind of where you're going. So I that's, want to make that's sure exactly what I'm that. trying to say. Yeah, yeah that's, like, that's exactly you know, what I'm trying to say. They it's, want to know they're not the only ones who got themselves into this mess. <laughs> right, right, and and that alone makes them feel a bit a little bit better. They're like, okay, well, at least I'm not the only one, right? Because that's how a lot of people feel, and that's why there, there's a lot of shame and embarrassment surrounded this surrounding this topic is because they feel like they're the only one. Right. Especially when we live in like a like a culture of social media with it just being highlight reel after highlight reel after highlight reel. People have no idea what the average person deals with. They just see what they put out on Facebook. Right. Or Instagram. And that's not the reality of it. So if you're able to get into a group and you actually see like, oh, okay, so this person might look like they have their stuff together. But deep down behind the curtains, they're actually dealing with the same stuff that I am. Right. So that's one thing that can really help. The other thing, though, is that with a group, it's one thing to have a coach hold yourself, hold, hold the client accountable. But when they see other people in the group that are doing like really, really well and they're following through consistently, mm-hmm. it automatically wants them to raise their own standards to do the same. Mm-hmm. Because deep down, they don't want to be you know, the ugly duckling in the group. Like no one wants that. So they're going to try and, you know, step up and do everything that everyone else is doing. And, you know, you might have those individuals in the group that are like, well, I'm not just going to do everything that everyone else is doing. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to be like this, the star student kind of thing. You know, like there's a lot of people that, that like that kind of thing. And that alone drives them to get even more results, Right. Um, another thing too, that I have, that I have realized from even just being parts of group programs myself, not running group programs, but just being a part of the group programs Mm -hmm. is that the clients learn from each other Mm -hmm. as well. Maybe one client has a question that another client didn't think of, but they're like, Oh wow. Like that's a really good question. I never even thought about that, but then they take something away from that. And they apply it to their situation. Or maybe they have a question that they are afraid to ask for whatever reason. And someone else asks the question. They're like, oh, thank God someone asked that question because I really needed to hear that, right? Um, and, you know, they, they start to support each other. It's, it's weird. It's like the clients also become coaches themselves because they're supporting each other going through their, their trials and celebrating their wins and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just, in my opinion, there's a lot of benefits to being in a group Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of benefits for Mm one-on-one. 
But I think that being in a group, there's a lot of extra benefits that you can get on top of the ones that you already have with the one-on-one. So um, I'm really glad that you unpacked all that you unpacked because I never, I didn't know what you were going to (laughs) say. So I'm always like, oh, I wonder what he's going to say. And and I love that you said all the things you're going to say because one of the things, so you know, I have a, a counseling background. And one of the things that when I started five years, I don't even know how many years ago it was anymore, but I can tell you I started before it was trendy to do any sort of group. Um, it was not like right now, I feel like even though all of those reasons that you just stated for being positive for group are there, I don't know that that's why most people start going that direction. Um, because, because you didn't know about it <laughs> until you started doing it, right? right. Um, the reason you wanted to do it was more along the lines of how would it serve you? Versus how would it serve the client? And that's not to say that you're a selfish individual. It's just to say that that's what you knew. And that's where, that's where you wanted to go with your business. Because of my counseling background and all of the training that I did in group counseling, I knew going into this how beneficial it would be for the clients themselves. And I also grappled with that deciding you know, this is really personal. Do we, do we throw all that into a group? In fact, when I started my group, my coaching practice, I started with a hybrid. So I did a program that now I was actually meeting in person then. I know it's shocking. <laughs> I was meeting. You're dating person. yourself. What's that? I am dating you're, myself. You're dating I know. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really loved doing this. So I was, I had a hybrid where I had a place in my home where I could have, you know, up to 10 people in a group. And uh, I would have parts of the program were group based and parts of them were individual based. And when I did the individual stuff, that's when we pulled out like their actual numbers and, you know, tackled some of that. And that was my way of saying, well, we're not, it's not that we couldn't get personal because we definitely got personal, but it was, it was my way of not getting lost in the weeds when we were in a group setting. That's how I, that's how I handled that um, scenario. But I, it was even back then, I'm like, I know all of those things that Cody just said are the reasons why we want to have a group component with anything that we do. I think what you mentioned, Cody, about, you know, having to create this module and have this thing and all of that, that's what's keeping people from wanting to actually start some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what I will say is that I personally don't think that you have to have all of that stuff ready to go. uh, When you first start the group, the group program. Um, I think that that's something that you could, definitely like build and work into as you kind of uh you kind of grow your group and you you do more groups and stuff like that um but i think that you could even start a group just by starting the group and not having to have like all these pre-recorded videos not having to have all these modules you know you can kind of structure it to a way to where like hey the module that we're going to be doing we're going to do it live And we're going to just, you know, tackle it. And then we have another call maybe like later in the week for like a QA. and a So, you know, you have like maybe like one teaching call, one Q&A call, or you could split it up 50-50 to where it's like, you know, every every call has a teaching portion and every call has a Q&A portion. 
you know, but as far as like having all of these resources and these systems and all this kind of stuff, I don't think that it's absolutely necessary to have that to get started, but instead kind of grow into it. Yeah. You kind of create it along the way as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that approach. I think it becomes a lot more approachable and doable for any coach at any stage. Uh, I think that the, the issue then becomes how do you market and sell that in order to create a group of people who want to purchase that from you and, and be part of it if they don't know what they are actually becoming a part of. So let's talk about that a little bit, because if, if our listeners today are saying, Hey, I love this idea. I want to give it a try. I'm, I feel totally daunted by the idea of having to create it all. And so what Cody just said is like, yes, I I can do that. And then they're like, how do I sell that? (laughs) So let's just talk about that a little bit because I want our listeners to be able to take what they have and actually implement it today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so you, you actually have had experience doing some group coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So before I give my input, I'm actually curious about what, what you have done uh, simply because you've done it before. Yeah. So when, when it comes to the group stuff that I've done, there's been two different ways though. In person one was I didn't have to have like a, a, any recorded videos or anything like that because it was going to be fully in person. So that totally removed the need for that. And when I got people into that, it was selling them on the results that they were going to get. And in their minds, um, they didn't really, When it came to the group portion, I think that they were, some of them were really hesitant at first because of the privacy issue, because of the embarrassment factor and all of that. Uh, And it, it, I don't remember all those years ago how I overcame that with them other than just to maybe share with them some of the potential benefits of it. But I can tell you that after two or three sessions, that was all gone for them. They didn't, they weren't worried about any of that anymore because of all of the community stuff that you just mentioned a few minutes ago, they were excited to be there and encourage other people. Um, And even there were people who, after someone would leave the group, someone else would be like, Hey, I'm just checking up on so-and-so. How are they doing? And, and I wasn't able to tell them a lot of detail, but I would always encourage them to, if they wanted to hear how each other was doing, exchange phone numbers so you guys can kind of keep in touch that way. Uh, so that's that's down a different rabbit hole. But when it came to the the online stuff, the way that I the way that I quote sold it was I actually started with a free workshop that people could come in and try out before doing any sort of group. And if I'm being fully honest, the group actually was born as a request from the people who came to that workshop. So even though I knew that I wanted to have some sort of, uh, you know, group component to what I did when I was doing, when I shifted kind of my approach in general, because I I know I've told you about that, (laughs) that uh, I used to do very, very numbers based and it was, um, you know, seven step based. I'll just say it like that. Um, and then after I became a lot more confident in the ideas that I had and the creativity that I brought to the table, when I shifted a lot of that, I wanted to just try it out on people and be like, okay, I'm going to do this workshop. I'm going to invite people into this and see what some of their feedback is. And their feedback was, do you have a group that we can do for this? And my answer was, nope, but I will. (laughs) 
<laughs> I will mm-hmm. absolutely create that for you if that is something that you want to need. And so that's how that group came. So it was a little bit easier to sell people on that because it was requested by them. Uh, but the, the fact that I did that workshop is actually a really good way to test out what you're doing, I think. I think it's a good um, a method to to bring people in, invite them into learning a little bit about you, but it also gives them the feeling of what will it be like in a group because you're not typically doing a workshop one-to-one. You're typically doing that one-to-many or one-to at least a few, right? And so it gives the individual that sense of community. It gives them the sense of I'm not the only one who's gotten myself into this mess. It helps them see that there's ideas that other people have. And here's the thing, Cody. I think so many times we... As coaches, we think we have all the ideas. We don't. We, I know that. Um, but just because you're sitting in, in a group does not mean that you're good at drawing ideas out of other people. And so I would encourage any coach who's listening today, don't just go and create a group because it's a scalable thing. There is there is a an art form to being able to run a group. There is um, There are certain skill sets that are necessary in order to be able to draw out of people the things that are... Um, necessary for other people to see. And there's, there's just, uh, I'm going to keep saying art form because there, there kind of is an art form of when someone says something and then you're able to bring somebody else back to it. Or when somebody goes completely off topic, how do you artfully bring them back into the group? You know, just little, little pieces of, um, little gems like that, I think are, are necessary. So I would encourage anybody who wants to do a group, make sure you're getting the, the proper training for that as well. Don't just, don't just assume that because you are a coach that you know how to manage a group of people. That's, that's what I want to say there. Um, okay. So the short answer, which was, became very long was I, I started marketing by telling people what I did by inviting them into an experience before actually trying to sell them on something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. And you can do that like you mentioned, like a, like a workshop or, you know, a webinar or something like that. Um, that's a really, really good way to get started. Uh, I think that, you know, if you were to, cause if you want to think about it this way too, is like, let's say that you do start group coaching. Um, but you're at the point to where like, you don't want to host a web, uh, like a webinar or a workshop you know, every two to four weeks in order Mm -hmm. to, you know, develop new leads and get people into your program and stuff like that. You know, that's, that's a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it could turn into something to where it's like a pre-recorded webinar kind of thing, uh, to where that's not a group setting, you know, that's, that's them sitting in front of their computer watching a presentation and that's it. Right. And then they're kind of, you have that call to action to hop on a call afterwards. Um, I do want to clarify, though, for people, because I think a lot of times we use those two words interchangeably, webinar and workshop. And I do want to clarify that a webinar absolutely is something that can be recorded. A workshop could be recorded, I guess. Um, but when I say workshop, I don't mean just giving information. I mean actually working on like something. working on it. Yes, having them yep. actually develop some stuff. And, and the approach that I was using was having them have the aha moment in the moment. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when we're just giving information, if it, whether it's recorded or not, that sometimes is missed. And so I just want to make sure that we hear that distinction. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when you are in this different setting to where you're doing, 
you know, maybe you're not doing workshops, right? And then the question is like, okay, well, if I'm not doing workshops, how do I sell this? How do, how do I, you know, convince people to actually like step into this and, and feel good about stepping into it? Yes. Yeah, great question. Um, I think that, that the best way to, to sell that is to really give now if you've gone through a group program yourself you can give your own personal experience with it and just be like listen i am doing this because i've gone through this and it was completely like life-changing for me in these ways um you know maybe you haven't gone through group but you could just you could just like explain like all the things that we've already said on this podcast you know, and like explain like, okay, like the power of community, how they become, they step up and become leaders themselves, how they learn from each other, like all this kind of stuff, right? Um, how, you know, your, your standards get set higher, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think that, you know, some questions, you know, answering their question with more questions could actually be a pretty powerful thing to do. And you could be like, okay, so, I mean, how would it feel if you could step into this and not only get massive results in transformation with your, with your finances and your relationship with your finances, but that you'd also be able to kind of step into being like a really powerful leader. How would it feel if you could step into a group and you could set the example, you know, like that makes people feel very um, empowered and they're like, man, like this isn't just about me anymore. This is bigger than me. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like that kind of, um, that kind of result. It's very enticing to them. Myself being one of them, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's why I, I, when I first hopped into my first group coaching program that I was a part of, I was a little hesitant, not going to lie, but I took that opportunity and I was like, this is an opportunity for me to learn, but it's also an opportunity for me to step up and be a leader in a lot of ways too, um, and not get paid for it. Just have it be like a, like a moral win, you know, um, an internal win. And that to me was enough, you know, because then I was like, Hey, I'm, yes, I'm consuming and yes, I'm learning, but I'm also providing value. And that's why I'm doing this in the first place, you know, and there's a lot of people out there like that. So asking them questions that kind of hit those emotional ties to answer their question I think also is a really good way to sell the idea of group of group coaching. Yeah, I re I agree. I think that's a, a really great way to, it's a great way to motivate people in general. So, you know, we, we talk about the word sale, uh, but it's, that's what a sale mm -hmm. is. It's just motivating somebody to do something for themselves or, um, you know, by themselves or whatever, but that's, that's what you're doing is you're creating that motivation for them. And I think that's a really good way to do that. Mm -hmm. Yep. So one thing I do want to say is that we have put a lot of emphasis on group coaching and, you know, some of the benefits to it. Uh, one thing I want to make sure is clear is that by no means are we against one-on-one. One-on-one -on -one is amazing. One-on-one -on -one is great for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's a great thing to start with. It's a great way to get comfortable with your coaching, uh, to hone those skills of, you know, like Maria said, like group coaching is an art. Well, you know, you kind of become an artist through one-on-one, -on -one, right? So like one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one is definitely like a really good option and something that I would recommend for, for a lot of coaches, especially, especially starting off. Um, but you know, there are, 
just just going from my own experience, I I do think that there is a time and a place for group coaching, um, and also a a lot of value from it as well. And that's kind of why we're having that conversation now is because we know a lot of coaches who are currently doing one-on-one. We know a lot of coaches who are succeeding with one-on-one. And I just know there's a natural progression to where they're not only going to want to impact more people, but also impact their own finances in a better way as well. And to me, group coaching is the new uh, the new low hanging fruit for achieving both of those things at the next level. Yeah. So uh, I'm really glad that you brought us back here because that's where I was going when I asked you what your ultimate vision was for your company. You know, are you, are you planning to do a hybrid or are you planning to go all group? And the reason that I asked that question is because I personally, I don't ever want to give up the (laughs) one-on-one experience. Um, And so I'm really glad that you brought this to the attention of the listeners, because if you are listening today and you're like, but I really love doing one-to-one, there's nothing wrong with that. And so I I want you to know, I too am right there with you. However, there is a way to scale when you're talking about one-to-one and that scale is by increasing your pricing. (laughs) So when you want to have more money or, and, or put in less time, what happens is if you, if you decide, you know what, I've got so many people that I can't handle that roster anymore, then you start to play around with, well, those are people who can maybe afford what I'm charging right now. They kind of get moved into a group or at least given that option. And then the ones who are like, no, I, I, this is, we got this, like, this is you and me. Those individuals will be willing to pay more for your time because, and the results that you're helping them get. And so, I just want you to hear that because it doesn't have to be one or the other. And a lot of times people come out the gate going, well, I want to charge, you know, $10,000 for one-on-one coaching, but I've never coached anybody, but I know there's coaches out there who are charging that, but I've never coached anybody. Uh, And it's like, well, have you really earned the right to do that? And a lot of times the answer is no, you haven't. You haven't. There are people out there who are charging that and and getting that money and you absolutely can be one of them, but maybe not yet. Maybe you need to hone those skills like Cody mentioned and, you know, try and do like countless hours of practice with individuals. And I think one of the best things that you can do is practice not only with clients that you have, whether they're beta clients in the beginning or paying clients right now, but also do that with other coaches. Practice, be like, put yourself, be very vulnerable, put yourself in the position of having someone watch you, observe you, critique you. Like it's a very vulnerable place to be. And yet if that's how you're going to grow into the five figure coach that you're aspiring to be. So as coaches, what we've talked about is putting out a group um, coaching program for individuals. And Cody, you've even touched on the idea of being a part of a group coaching program yourself. Yours is not in, in the arena of coaching though, correct? Is that more in the arena of like 
how to market your business and that kind of thing. I don't want to assume, but I think yeah. that that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's how, to, how to grow the business. Okay, yep. fantastic. So what Cody's talking about is he's part of a group on how to grow your business. And what I'm suggesting is if you can find a really good program out there that helps you realize how it, how to be an incredible coach, it might be with other coaches who are doing some of that critiquing it's again, very vulnerable, but I highly encourage you to do that. We're actually mm -hmm. coming out with a program like this it's coming soon. I don't know exactly the date yet, but this is something we're working on in the background intentionally because I think it's something that's just not out in the field. Um, and maybe it comes from my, again, from my counseling background where in order to get the master's degree, we had countless hours of sitting behind a two-way mirror where, you know, we had to, whether it was role play or actually have someone watch us with an actual client. And then they came and said, well, here's what you did really, really well. And here are some places that we could see a little bit of improvement. And while it's a vulnerable thing, it is how we grow and how we become, again, that five-figure coach that we're looking to become. Uh, and when I say five-figure, I don't mean to downplay the six figure that we talked about before, um, but that was talking about what we make in the whole year. When I say five figure coach, I mean like someone's paying you $10,000 or more to coach mm -hmm. them. So just for that mm -hmm. clarity right there. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. And some, something that you mentioned is, is like, you know, just because you start group does not mean that you can't do one-on-one. -on -one. Um, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Cause that's kind of like the whole, uh, the whole idea of like how I'm kind of transitioning. That's why I use that word transitioning. Um, mm -hmm. and it, you mentioned that the way to scale with your one-on-one -on -one is to raise your, raise your prices. Right. And that's basically what I'm doing is uh, right now I have two different programs. One is like a base program, which I call the platinum. And one is mm -hmm. a more involved program, which is called my premium. And what I'm doing is, is I'm taking my, my, uh, my price of my platinum, which is the base program. And that's going to be the group. Mm -hmm. It'll be slightly different, but very close. Mm -hmm. And then the, um, the premium price is now going to be my new price for my okay. platinum one-on-one. -on -one. And gotcha. then I'm going to have a higher price for the okay. premium one-on-one, -on -one, uh, which will be very close to that, that 10,000, uh, yeah. marker. So, um, you know, it's, and it's scaling in two different ways at the same time. Correct. Correct. And I think too, that when you have both of those offerings, what you can do, like if somebody is either, either they're not financially able or willing to invest at that high level yet, and, or they just, they're not ready. Like maybe they're not ready for that. Maybe they really want the group and they, they, that group, would help them to set the bar higher for themselves. It would help them to recognize the level of a, a, a power that they have. That could very well be a precursor to then working with you one-to-one. -one. And I mm -hmm. think that sometimes when we have, sometimes when we have the information that we want to get across. So again, we talked about the distinction between webinar versus workshop, right? A webinar is giving information, a workshop is working through it. If we were to take that and like lay it over group versus individual, I understand that both happen in both arenas. However, there's a lot more info dissemination that can be given in a scalable way in a group setting. And once they've gotten that information and they have, they've been able to wrap their minds around it and then apply it to their lives. Now, all of a sudden, when we're doing one-to-one -one with them, it's like, we're not just 
learning anymore. We are in action and we are tweaking as we go because now we are, we're transforming what we're doing. And so I, I just think that that is a great way to have those offerings for people who like, Oh, I'm not quite ready for one-to-one. Okay. Let's get you prepped for that. Yep. yep. Kind of like it's a an, bachelor's it, degree versus a master's. Yeah. It's, it's a, a potential upsell into mm-hmm. one-on-one. Mm-hmm. However, it could also be a potential downsell if someone is looking for a one-on-one and they think that the price is just a little bit out of their right. out of their range. You can say, "Well, we do have this group program that is, you know, this amount instead, yeah. and here's all the benefits of this." Uh, so it works both ways. It can be an upsell and a downsell. Yep, yep, and it's it's just it's something that it's nice to have something you can give to the person who's not ready for the one-to-one. Right. So. It's not just a downsell. It's it's an offering for the the person who doesn't need or want that bigger thing. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, this has been a really really great discussion. I'm glad that we were able to have it. I hope that our listeners are able to pull one or two things from this that they're like, I want to implement this today. If nothing else, though. Before you start implementing anything, I really encourage you to have a vision of what you want your future business to look like. So don't don't get so wrapped up in the trends. I know don't have that be the reason that you want to go and do something. Make sure that it's an intentional decision. Why do you want to do, whether it's stick with one-to-one, go completely to group and or have a hybrid of those things. Why? Why do you want to do that? How does how does you and your skill set and you know your passion? How does that all fit into there? What about what it does for the uh, the client themselves? How does that play into your decision? I just I encourage you to have some real tough decisions or not decisions discussions with yourself before making the decision on whether or not to implement some of this. Because as you know, we believe that if you start with why you're doing it in the first place, <laughs> it will actually catapult you a lot more quickly. So I encourage you to do that. Um, and then definitely let us know whether it's in the groups or through email, what did you decide to do and how can we at new money habits support you in that decision? We'd love to know that. Yep. Awesome. Well, great, great conversation today. Uh, you know, even expanding on this outside of my own head, uh, (laughs) as I'm kind of going through this entire process myself, has mm-hmm. been very, very helpful for me. Um, and I hope that it was helpful to the listeners as well. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. And we hope to catch you on the next episode coming out next Monday. See you then. Have a good day, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.